What is up, everybody? This is Power to Wimix, and this is the 34th episode, I believe. It's a very exciting episode, like I say every single episode, because they're all exciting. Um, I feel like I say the same things over and over again for the intro. I need to come up with something better, but I don't know what, because they're all exciting. <laughs> uh, but today, as always, the What's on My Desk segment... So this is my special friend, Christina. Christina is a beautiful, beautiful plant. I uh, don't know what kind of plant, uh, but she is beautiful. I mean, look at these leaves. Wow, she is beautiful. Christina, thank you for joining me today. <laughs> I guess we should just jump into it because I really want to start talking about the person that I researched and I learned about this week and I hope you all are ready also. Uh, so the person I'm going to be talking about today is Jane Adams. Uh, I didn't personally know who this was until I did research on her and she is a very important person that I felt like I should have learned about but I didn't. So Jane Addams was actually born September 6th, 1860, and she sadly passed away on May 21st, 1935. She lived an amazing life, you know. Uh, so she is a Virgo, which is super cool. And what she's best known for is being a pioneer social worker in America as a feminist and as an internationalist. So she was a big feminist person and she also really promoted peace and she wanted just everyone to be equal, which I full on support. She uh, was born in Cedarville, Illinois, and she was the eighth of nine children. But sadly, actually, only five of her siblings lived past um, infancy. So she technically only had, like, four other siblings, including herself, which would be five. But she lived in Illinois. Well, she was born in Illinois, and she lived there um, for most of the time, which is pretty cool because Illinois is just a couple states over, and it's pretty cool there. So sadly, her mother actually died when she was only two years old from childbirth. So I'm guessing the next child after her because she was the eighth so the ninth one that's when her mother sadly died and the father raised the kids uh the father her father was actually really um rich which is good for her you know and he actually considered abraham lincoln to be a friend which is super cool you know what i mean like could you imagine that like oh yeah my dad is friends with the president <laughs> I thought that was super cool and fascinating to learn about. So, um, when she was actually four years old, she got tuberculosis and that gave her a spinal defect. But thankfully, she actually got her spine fixed with surgery and that surgery actually took place, like her brother-in-law actually did that surgery, which I thought that was really cool. Um, and kind of weird at the same time because I didn't think doctors were allowed to operate on family members. Um, but I guess maybe the times were different back then, you know, I don't know. But that was her childhood, you know. She had health problems for a lot of it, which is really sad. But despite all that, she pushed forward and she 
accomplished amazing things. So actually in 1881, so she was 21 years old, she graduated from the Rockford Female Seminary as the valedictorian of her class. Um, her class only has 17 people, so not a lot, but she graduated the top, which is super cool. But because that school wasn't a college yet, uh, she didn't get a degree, but actually the next year, so when she was 22 years old, she was actually given a bachelor's degree from that college because, um, well, the seminary school, because the seminary school actually changed into a college for women. And I thought that was kind of weird because I didn't, I haven't heard of that before about like how if women had to get higher education, they had to go to a seminary school and not just a college which is kind of weird and very, very different from where we are today. And I'm glad that changed, but thankfully she did get a bachelor's degree. So yeah, so in the next six years from graduating, she began the study of um, medicine. So she wanted to actually go into the medical industry because she wanted to help people. And she thought the best way she could help people was to physically help them, you know, as a doctor. Um, but sadly, due to more health problems she actually couldn't continue studying and her brother-in-law actually pushed her to go travel instead of continuing continuing her studies so she took his word for it you know and she went on a very big european tour um with a friend named ellen Starr, and together they traveled across europe which is super cool and like i aspire to do that one day i think that would just be so awesome and informational you know what i mean like she got a lot of her ideas from europe and the way they were doing things over there so i think it's super beneficial for everybody just to see a different type of culture and a different type of land and a different type of a way to live you know just so people can um, empathize more and see how they can make their community better. So over the two years that she was in Europe with her friend, she really just took time to really think about what she wanted to do in the future and what she wanted to accomplish. And she just wrote them all down and she um, came up with more ideas and stuff like that. So she had a plan for when she came back to the United States. Um, but she was actually in a town in Europe with her friend Ellen Starr and that's where she came up with this brilliant idea and it wasn't it wasn't her idea it was more of a copy idea of how she could put that idea in her community so she was actually 27 at that time that she came up with the one of her probably best ideas I would say um with her friend Ellen Starr like I said and the place that she visited was called the Tombe Hall and it was in the London's East End and this really this hall was basically just for people to go and be part of a community and be like it was just a really good place to be um I'll explain more on her hall like or in her house um rather than that house because that house is just where she got the idea so in 1889, she and her friend, um, Ellen Starr, leased a large home in the corner of Halstead and Polk Streets. So this was in Illinois, and 
the two friends moved in. Their purpose was to provide a center for a higher civic and social life to institute and maintain educational and philanthropic enterprises and to investigate and improve the conditions in the industrial districts of Chicago. So the goal was basically for educated women to share all kinds of ideas and basic skills and just basically to help poor people in the neighborhood. And I thought that was super powerful. And that's what the house that they seen in Europe did. And that's what they really wanted to do in their hometown in Chicago. Well, I guess Chicago's not their hometown, but in their home state, I should say. So they really strived for that and they accomplished it. So by its second year of existence, uh, the whole house, it was called the whole house because the person that they bought it from, um, his last name is Whole. So they named it the whole house, um, was a host of 2,000 people every week, every week, which is astounding. It's magical. You know what I mean? It's freaking awesome. Um, and the first facility that they, so they actually started adding on to the house as it grew, obviously 2,000 people couldn't just go into one little house, you know, so they had to start expanding and they actually started adding buildings. So the first building they actually added to the house was an art gallery. Um, and they added more from there. So they added a public kitchen, uh, a coffee house, a gymnasium, a swimming pool, a cooperative boarding club for school, for girls, a book club, an art studio, a music school, a drama group, a circulating library, an employment bureau, a labor museum. I mean, they had freaking everything in that house, you know, and it was a very good place to go, like I said, just for women and for poor people in the neighborhood and honestly, just anybody who needed a support system. And they provided that for a lot of people, which is freaking amazing. And I applaud them for that, you know. So in 1905, she was appointed to Chicago's Board of Education and subsequently made the chairman of the school management committee, which is freaking amazing. You know what I mean? She like was a person of the community and she was highly respected. So in 1908, she participated in the founding of the Chicago School of Civics and Philanthropy. And the next year, she became the first woman president of the National Conference of Charities and Corrections. She just did so many things, and she was such an amazing person that, like, I don't even know what these things are, but she was the first to be the president, first woman president, which is amazing. And she was on the board of all these organizations, and like I said, she was just really a part of the community and she really just wanted to better everybody in it, which is freaking amazing. And like I say every episode, we need more women like this. We need more people like this in general. And I'm hoping that with my pod, with this podcast and with everything that I'm doing, I hope people are watching and listening and really thinking about how we all can better our community. I mean, we don't all have to be the first woman president of a big organization, but we can just help people in general. You know what I mean? And I think it's very important to help people and just be there for others because we need others and so others need us. 
if that makes sense. <laughs> so also, fun fact, she was among one of the founders of the NAACP, which stands for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And that, um, that organization is still alive today. And it's a very huge organization, which is super cool that she was one of the founders. Like, that's freaking amazing. So in in her own area of Chicago, she led investigations on midwifery, narcotics consumption, milk supplies, and sanitary conditions for women. Even going as far to accept official post of garbage inspector of the 19th Ward at the annual salary of $1,000. So, like I said, she was there for her community. She, like, she wasn't just there for the poor in her community. She wasn't there... To, just there for the women in her community. She was there for the whole community. And I really value that in her. Um, so in 1910, she received the first honorary degree ever awarded to a woman by Yale University, which is freaking amazing, you know what I mean? Like I said, she's just, she's done so many amazing things. And I'm just glad that people actually noticed her back then and started to award and to give degrees and stuff like that to her because she deserved it and she was a very smart lady which is really amazing that she used her knowledge to better the world so she actually publicly opposed the america's entry into war which she was criticized hard like hard on and she was actually expelled from the daughters of the american revolution because she opposed the war which is super sad because i personally i don't believe in war I feel like there could always be a peaceful resolution out there. I just think sometimes we don't give enough time to think of those solutions. But she actually found an outlet for her humanitarian impulses as an assistant to Herbert Herbert, Herbert Hoover <laughs> in providing relief supplies of food to women and children of the enemy nations. The story which she told in her book, Peace and Bread in Time of War. I have not read that book, but it sounds very interesting. And that is so freaking amazing that she was helping the freaking enemy nation. Like, it's not even an enemy. It's just another country and other people of this world. And she was helping them. And I just was, that's probably like my favorite thing about her just because it really showed that she wasn't just here for her community again you know what I mean she was there for the whole world and she was trying to help everybody because like I said she just had this deep profound need to help people you know she her father like I said was a very wealthy person in the community um he was a part of huge organizations that helped bring peace and he was just really involved in the community to help that community which I thought that was really cool um her father when he sadly passed away when she was like um 18 19 I believe he gave each child fifty thousand dollars which in our time would be 1.3 million dollars so if you're wondering like how did she do all this that's how she got she inherited money from her father so that's how she was able to travel to europe that's how she was able to purchase the house and start it all but i'm so glad that she didn't just blow the money away you know she actually used it for good 
which is freaking amazing. So she actually also wrote another book called Newer Ideals of Peace, and she wrote that while she was giving lectures at the University of Wisconsin, which is super cool. And I also have not read that book, but if you have read any of those books that I, me that I have mentioned, let me know in the comments down below, or just let me know on social media if they are good and if I should check them out because I totally will like all the other books you know there's just so many books out there that I have not read honestly <laughs> but I need to because they're like I always preach and I always say knowledge is power and books hold knowledge so that's a reminder for everybody to go read a book you know could be any book doesn't have to be informational it could be just a fairy tale you know it could be anything but books are always good so yeah so in january 1915 she accepted the chairmanship of the woman's peace party an american organization which is freaking amazing uh four months later the presidency of the international congress of women convened at the hog largely upon the initiative of dr aletta jo jacobs a dutch suffragist leader of many and varied talents. When this Congress later founded the organization called the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, she served as president until 1929 as presiding officer of its six international conferences in those years and as honorary president for the remainder of her life. Which is freaking amazing, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, she was a part of many organizations who didn't just help women, who didn't just help poor people, who helped everybody and really promoted peace, which we need more of in this world. I think we can all agree on that. So sadly, in 1926, she suffered a major heart attack that she never fully recovered from. So like I said, she had health problems for the majority of her life. Um, but despite all that, she kept pushing forward and she was a very busy woman from like helping create that house and I'm pretty sure she managed that house from helping her community to helping the world to being presidents of multiple organizations which is amazing and plus doing her personal life you know what I mean she was a very busy woman which we all love you know what I mean so on December 10th 1931 she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, which is freaking amazing because that's what she stood for. You know what I mean? She really promoted peace and she really promoted just harmony and just living together peacefully and trying to help everybody. And I really do believe that we need more people out there like that. You know what I mean? But sadly, the day that she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, she was also admitted into the hospital. And then four years later, on may 21st 1935 she sadly passed away so three days after um her doctors finished an operation but they found that she had cancer so sadly she died of cancer and the funeral service was held in the courtyard of the whole house so she went back to where she started you know what i mean um but she was an amazing person who was brilliant and I'm so glad that she was alive and she did so many amazing things um, because she was a strong woman, you know what I mean? From facing all those health problems throughout her whole life, she 
didn't let that get her down and she kept pushing forward which I love that about her and I really was inspired by her because she did promote so much peace you know what I mean I feel like I'm a very peaceful person I I'm a Libra so I'm like a I'm like one of those people who like it balanced you know what I mean and I really do believe in peace and I feel like we can live in peace and we can live in harmony if we just empathize with others and try to help others and not just think about ourselves but that's hard because we also need to think about ourselves and our well-being but sometimes we need to express that concern to others while expressing it to ourselves if that makes sense but yeah so that was jane adams i hope everybody enjoyed and i hope everybody really learned a lot and i also hope everybody can take something away from Jane and really try to make this planet a better place. So when you think of Jane, just think of peace. And I challenge everybody to be more peaceful out there. So yeah, so that was Jane. And let's get into the positive segment talk. So there has been a possible key that people have found that can unlock the cure for cancer. That's right. Um, I want to talk about this because sadly Jane did die of cancer, but there now, thankfully, there might be a cure to save that. So I'm going to read this little article that I have found. So the compound that activates an enzyme capable of suppressing tumors was discovered by a team at the University of Michigan in the early part of 2020. The breakthrough is centered on PP2A, a type of enzyme produced by the human body that stops a tumor growing by breaking down the proteins used by the cancer to duplicate. There are certain compounds that can increase the activity of PP2A, helping to it to kill cancer cells, but scientists didn't understand how these compounds or the enzyme interacted with the tumor's proteins until now. By designing a molecule that can attach to a PP2A enzyme and using a special type of microscope, the team was able to see precisely how different parts of the protein were brought together and stabilized by the compound said the study's co-senior author, Derek Taylor, an associate professor at Case Western Reserve University in Ohio. The team is now working on turning this knowledge into a treatment for cancer, which is freaking amazing. Cancer is one of the biggest diseases that, that we don't have a cure for, and that takes millions of people each year, and we're practically helpless to it and it's very scary because to think that we all have cancer cells in our bodies but it just depends on when they're activated so that's really terrifying that we all could potentially get cancer one day but thankfully they're actually coming out with a cure or a treatment I should say not a full cure but it is a treatment that is going to help millions of people which is freaking amazing and the only wish that I have is that this treatment isn't going to cost thousands of dollars. Because as we all know, in the United States, the medical industry is money hungry. And they make us pay thousands and thousands of dollars for basic needs. Which is very sad. And it's horrible that they have done that. But... I can't do anything about it. 
or I guess I don't know if I can do anything about it. If you know if there's something I can do, let me know down in the comments down below and I will definitely check that out. But yeah, so that is the positive segment, which is super positive, you know what I mean? But that's also the episode. So I hope everybody enjoyed and I hope everybody learned a lot from Jane and from the positive segment, you know? So as always, everybody, you can find this podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Power to Wix. And you can also find this podcast on, on all podcasting mediums. Also, if you want to go check out uh, the podcast that I do with my brother called The Five Cent Club, we're on Instagram, um, TikTok, and Twitter. And that podcast is also on all podcasting mediums. So if you want to go check that out that would be freaking amazing also if you want to go check out my personal instagram page at emily nichols 0 that'd also be awesome and my personal twitter page at young emily 1864 that'd also be awesome but as always everybody i hope i hope you have an amazing rest of your day and i hope you bring peace i hope you're peaceful i hope you are in harmony and i really challenge everybody to be more peaceful and just to help others and sympathize with others um but stay safe out there everybody as always i'll talk to you and see you next week for another amazing and exciting episode but until then peace and aliens be with you